Welcome to another chapter in the series Stories of Resilience. Today I am meeting with Miss Price and we're going to be discussing what resilience means to her and how she was able to cultivate it throughout her life. So before we get started, I wanted to give her the opportunity to share a little bit who she is and then we'll jump into it. Hello everyone, I'm Linda Price. I'm the owner of Healing Transformations, LLC. I'm a licensed professional counselor in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. I'm also the clinical director of a mental health facility here in Birmingham as well. And I really enjoy what I do and I've been in practice for years and I've been in this field for over 10 years and I'm also certified in addictions. Okay. Okay. So you have a lot of professional experience in helping people like heal and overcome. And um, so we, we talk about this concept of resilience a lot and what it means is a little bit different to each person. So I wanted to ask you, if you were to fill in the blank, how would you fill in the following? Resilience is? To me, it's pushing through the pain. Um, to be resilient, means to me regardless of what environment or situation you're in you're able to still push through and still be the best you that you can be despite the circumstances surrounding the events that cause you to be resilient yes so i like at first because when i hear that uh expression push through the pain like sometimes i feel like a little uh about it because you know, sometimes like the pain means something to us, but I love how like you elaborated that even more. And um, as I was like reflecting on your answer, I kind of thought of the analogy of like, you know, when a woman is in labor and she's giving birth, mm -hmm. like pushing through pain is part of the process to be able to create something new, to be able to create something beautiful. So it doesn't have to be like this. You're not paying attention to it and you're kind of just, you know, like ignoring it and and just moving forward. But when you do it with a purpose and there's a process to it, then you're able to to overcome and despite the circumstances still become who you feel called to be. Yeah, that's exactly right. And in pushing through the pain, the pain can turn a situation into purpose. Is that what you said is exactly right? Because, you know, oftentimes people think that this pain is personal. This is something I've done wrong. It's punitive. And that's not the case most times. There's something in you that needs to be developed in order for you to get to the next level. You're in your now, your now season right now. But in order for you to get to the next, you've got to understand how to deal with the now. Yeah. And I, I feel, um, you know, keen on that, like understanding what season you're in in order to get to the next. So how, how do you do that? How do you assess the season you're in? I do that by just assessing on a different level. I use discernment, but as well, I don't, I'm not emotionally charged by everything. Everything doesn't need a response from me and everything doesn't need my attention. So in saying that, I don't respond. You know, some people, if they say something negative, you don't have to respond in a negative way. You can process it and see what are they going through that they're, saying things to you in that way where are they right now don't take everything so personal so mm -hmm. if someone said something personally um you know about me i would basically try to assess where are they right now in regards to who they are and if they feel the need to say something to try to bring you know somebody else's character down right often that's where pain comes from yeah something that's powerful yeah 
because you're you're using a compassion as a way to even remove yourself from the situation so it's not personal like i'm going to be compassionate and empathic towards this person and understand where they're coming from so i could see that that has nothing to do with me has nothing to do with me at all it has something to do with maybe an insecurity inside of them it could be some pain that they're dealing with because one thing i do understand wounded people wound others and often you'll end up bleeding on people who didn't cut you because you're already wounded on the inside. So we have to be aware of the wounds we have and the wounds that other people are carrying as well. Right. And just right. have a little compassion towards that. Everybody's yeah. on different levels. Yeah. I love how you say that because a lot of times uh, we tend to think about compassion like as a weakness or, yeah. you know, like it's something like that makes us soft. But like the way that you're describing it, compassion is actually something that gives you more power over any situation because then you're not moved and being controlled or swayed by people's opinions or by your emotions, like taking the driver's seat. Like it gives you a higher level of understanding of not only yourself, but the situation and the people around you. Exactly. And as um, clinicians and healers, we both know that that's very important in helping the people that we serve to get yeah. them to understand that too. So yeah. they won't always be moved by things that they see or feel, even feel or hear, but they'll right. be able to just go a little deeper, dig right. a little deeper in order for that not to be the story of their lives, just constantly right. in recovery mode, always recovering from yeah. something, something yeah. somebody has said, done to you. you I don't want to always be in recovery mode. Yes, I love that. So what, when did you first realize how resilient you were? Well, I had a series of events to happen back to back to back, and I had to just write it down because I didn't understand it. I was like, God, why, why are you putting me through so much? My mother died the same week I had my baby. Leading up to that, it was just so much, you know, family chaos, just different things going on at the same time. So leading up to the point that I accepted that she was going to die and she accepted it too, and I knew that I was about to bring another life in the world at the same time, it caused, that almost just broke me. So I had to just really assess within myself, you know, because she died or passes doesn't mean that I have to die too. So, and she told me that before she passed, she said before, I mean, she said, because I die, she said, I'm gonna be fine either way. Don't you die, you continue to live and you continue to do the things that I taught you. And that helped me because when I had my baby that Thursday, um, I did, I had a C-section, I was hurt. I'm on the operating table crying. The doctors took off their hats because I told them my mom had just passed. And they stood and gave a moment of silence for her and I'm just crying, just crying. And it was in that moment that I said, if she was here right now, she would tell me to push through this pain. So after I had my baby, I'm up trying to walk, trying to move, because I know I can't stay in this spot forever. I can't stay down. I can't stay broken. I've got to move forward. Mm. Mm. So you realizing that one of the most difficult things we could go through, which is losing a loved one and losing a parent, and especially like that time in history like when we're giving and bringing our own life into this world like a lot of times you know we imagine or envision like this is going to be a season of life that you know i share that i reach out to my mother like for mentorship and all of that so like the the weight of the grief in that moment and then you 
being able to, it seems like you were like kind of observing yourself and seeing how you were able to do all of that, how you were able to overcome that. Like, was it, was it like there in that moment that you realized you were stronger than you thought you were? Or did it take a little bit of time and reflection to be like, hold on, I'm one resilient woman. It was in that moment because um, I have a strong relationship with God. And even the day that she actually passed and I saw her heartbeat for the last time. Um, one thing he put in my spirit to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that was, there's no other place I would rather her be. So, you know, in that moment, I was able to, instead of grieving and crying, um, I was able to turn that around and celebrate the life that she had. And I thank God, I said, I had her for 30 years. So I appreciate that because some people don't even have their mothers at all. So I turned it into gratitude. I was grateful in that moment and that I can also share that with my children because I have three sons. So I was trying to, in a sense, be the type of mother to them that she was to me. And I, that's how I was paying it forward. So in that moment, it hurt. I'm not going to lie, like I didn't have days where... I would cry, especially the holidays, her birthday. Um, she died in July, so Christmas just came up. My birthday in January, her birthday in January. So it was a lot. And watching this small baby grow and that she never got a chance to see, um, that also played a part in it. But I was able to stay grounded and just allow myself to feel those feelings, um, allow myself to you know, process in that moment. I didn't try to shift it, push it off. I felt everything that I need to feel that I, so I won't be on the end of grief, continuously grieving years right. later. Cause right. I know people still grieve 10, 20 years later. Right. So, so I, I was able to just go through the process myself and allow myself to stay in that moment. Wow. Okay. So I'm like trying to write down because you like share so many like key nuggets and techniques just in that by itself. So that's kind of getting into the next part and kind of the meat of our conversation is like, how do you cultivate resilience? How did you strengthen that? So you shared several things right now, but I kind of want to break it down for the people who are listening so they could like understand, okay, how do I put that into action though? So some of the things that I picked up on and helped me out, because I, I know I missed a couple, but one, you talked about being grounded. Another thing you said was feeling everything you were feeling and in the moment, not pushing it off for later, feeling it as it came in the moment, um, processing things as they come up in the moment, and that gratitude piece, to use gratitude to transform your emotions. That one is a powerful one. Um, what, what else did I miss? forgiveness allowing myself um i didn't feel guilt because a lot of times people feel guilt and shame well if i was there this wouldn't have happened if i could have been there a little um sooner i would have been there i realized there was nothing else that i could do in that moment because the power of life and death is not in my hand so i was in reality i was being a realist being real about the situation there's nothing i could do so i relinquished the power that i wanted to assert over that particular circumstance i, I had no power in it i released it you know, and if I was harboring any unforgiveness, I forgave and I was at peace because right. I knew I've done all that I could do in this moment. And there's nothing more that can be done but to celebrate her life and live my life moving forward the way that right. I need to. Right. Okay. So, so the forgiveness piece, that was more kind of like a forgiveness of self.
you know, forgiveness of self because before she passed, we didn't know that she was sick. Um, she didn't know she had cancer. So she found out in June and then she died in July. But um, the doctors, well, if I would have brought her to this doctor, this hospital period could have been a different outcome. Okay. okay. So I allowed myself to know, okay, it wouldn't have been a different outcome. There was right. nothing that I could do. This was okay. set for her life. Right. So it sounds like some of the steps in that process of forgiveness for you were one, like understanding the whole concept of control and being able to like separate what is within my control, what is outside of my control, and then releasing the things that you knew I do not have control over. And then it sounded like a, another key part of that process for you is practicing compassion for yourself as well. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So for, for, for someone who is trying to practice and achieve self-forgiveness, um, you, would, you would say it's important to let go of what you do not have control over and redirect your attention to what you do have control over and yes, be compassionate with yourself. Would there, be, would there be something else? Was there something else that was really helpful to you in being able to reach that place of peace of self-forgiveness? In knowing myself is a big piece because sometimes people, they lack the identity to know they've been hiding under someone else's identity and just say that person dies. And now you, you lack to know who you are. So in saying that, I had to assess who I am, where I am, and where I'm going in order for me to love truly the person that I am. I had to know all of these characteristics and things about myself in order for me not to hold on to any type of guilt or shame because I'm, I am treating people now and I know one person in particular, she's going through the same exact thing, but she's holding on guilt and shame because I wasn't there when she passed or I said um, a mean word to her while she was going through chemo. So I was saying, you, you have to release that guilt and shame and you have to go through, you know, if you need to write her a letter, and apologize or anything right. like that let's do that and process those feelings right. so you won't be stuck in guilt years down the road right right okay so the the three the three keys is like releasing not only control but also guilt and shame and mm -hmm. to be able to do that you need to practice that self-compassion like have the same compassion for yourself that you have for other people and then also go through a process of of reevaluating and redefining who you are yes. what your life's purpose is how it is that you choose to operate from this moment forward and that'll help you kind of release some of that that ties that kind of keep you stuck yes okay. exactly That's okay it. tell me more about how you used gratitude to transform the grief into celebration well, I, I did this um, particular activity in which I wrote down all of the good times she and I had. So every time that I got sad, I would write down the good moments and caption them. I would read them and read them to my kids. And um, that helped me right there. Just, you know, just going back through those moments and doing that particular activity helped me to have that gratitude. Like, this is what she taught me even during the holidays I cook meals like she used to cook them and I would try to pass that down to my kids like this is what I used to have as a child you know my mom she might not have been rich but she was rich in love and this is what I'm passing down to you guys so mm -hmm. I would do things like that 
Yeah. So that's, that's beautiful because a lot of people, they might be able to remember these things and then they kind of get sad because it's like, oh, I don't have it anymore. But the way that you use gratitude to transform that is to be able to remember those things and be like, I can still, um, she could like survive. Her memory is going to survive through me. Like my children may not have been to been able to, you know, like sit in her lap or hear her voice as she read them stories, but they're going to know what her meals tasted like. They're going to know like what those important lessons that she taught me are. And they're going to like the same lessons she instilled in me. I'm going to ensure that continues on for another generation. So like, and again, that, that word purpose is coming up again here because it's practicing gratitude because I want to continue remembering this person in a beautiful way. And not even this person, like my mother, like Mm -hmm. that's just a whole nother level. And so using, using the gratitude for those moments allows you to live and create similar moments in the present versus just staying stuck in the past. That's true. And I will say, this is a key, um, thing too oftentimes you got to be at a place that you're ready to shift that grief it's so many people they'll come to me i'm ready to do this but once we start working i didn't think it was going to be hard they're really not ready yet you know sometimes i hate to say it but people carry it because that's how they've gotten attention in the past whoa you know so and so this has happened to you so you know that's how they get attention so uh, with me i wanted to shift this i wanted to be free from heavy guilt i didn't want that to be my narrative every day that i'm known as the person this happened to her that happened to her so i turned that pain into purpose purpose that i can help other people so if they're ready to shift it it can be shifted it can be done for someone in my same shoes, they might not have had the same response that I did. You know, so I had to come to a place to understand everybody is at different places. So we, we have to first recognize and, and realize if you're ready or not. Right, right. So it all, it all starts with a desire, right? You need to yes. kind of understand, like, what is my desire? Do, do I feel the need to stay here a little bit longer? Or am I ready? Am I ready to enter into a new chapter? and learn how to relate with this in a different way. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Tell me, tell me like some action steps for, for those of us listening. How, how, like in the moment, how do you process things? Because a lot of times it feels overwhelming. We just don't want to think about it. We rather maybe drink it away or Netflix it away or distract it away, kind of self-medicate in some kind of way. But in the moment, what are some healthy ways that you could process whatever adversity it is that you're dealing with? Well, talk to someone that you really trust. Talking about it helped me and also cry. Um, A lot of times people think that crying is a sign of weakness. If you feel the need to cry, show emotion, do that. You know, as long as you're doing it, you want to do things in a healthy way. I know um, in being certified in drug counseling that a lot of times people self-medicate is not particularly the drug that's the issue. It's the feelings and emotions behind it that's driving them to do those particular things. So you need to have a healthy outlet, a healthy way to process that's going to help you continue your life. You can't, you know, because then you'll have grief on top of an addiction. Right. On top of everything else, and you have to work on all of those things individually. Right. So let's deal with the grief. Let's deal with the things that's causing you to want to self-medicate. Right. So just be in the moment, just crying, feel it. Right. I do a lot of journal. Okay. I have my patients to do a lot of journaling as well. 
write out your feelings, read it out, and just get with a trusted individual therapist or someone that can really help you shift this grief. Right, right. So it's not about, it's not about avoiding it or it's not about thinking like this has no place in my life. It's learning how do I look at it in a healthy way because it's, yeah. it's going to come up, it's going to be here, but it's the way in which you relate to it that, that you're wanting to change. Yes. Okay. Okay. And what could you recommend for someone wanting to like encouraging people to stay grounded? How, how would you do that? Um, have them to really take time to take time for themselves in life. We often play so many different roles in everybody else's life that we don't take time to really have time to ground and assess ourselves. So spend some time alone and quiet with your own thoughts and really just write down your goals. Where are you wanting to go from where you are now? And once you have it written down and you can really see it in a way, then you can start moving towards it. That's beautiful because it like absolutely, it like perfect circles back to how we started about like um, the whole, the, the forgiveness piece. And part of that was like assessing like, who am I? What is it that I want? What is it that I'm trying to accomplish? What are my visions? What are my goals? What are my desires? And a lot of the people who are feeling drowned or feeling overwhelmed, a lot of times answering those questions it's hard for them to find the answers. Like it's hard for them to see past the, the, the pain or the emotion. Um, and so, yeah, that song, that's, it's the first step in a lot of what you were sharing is like knowing like, okay, what is it that I want? What is the goal? And like having a desire for something to be different. And once you have that, then you can ask for the help that you need. Then you could do the processing and the thinking that you need to do. But if there isn't kind of that clarity, if there isn't that, that, you know, like this is what this yeah. is what I'm gonna try to do. Then it's it's gonna be hard to get anywhere because you don't really have a direction you're trying to go in. That's exactly correct. Okay, so why would you say it is important for people to develop their personal resilience? Because in life, things are gonna occur. It good, bad, and different things are going to happen in everyone's life. You know, we have so many people that are suicidal, that are taking their lives, taking the lives of others. I would rather you build a personal resilience within yourself that you're able to just get through the challenges in life instead of resorting to things that end your life, someone else's, or put you in an unhealthy state. So it's very important to um, just gain resilience because things are going to happen. There's nothing we can do. Right. Right. And, and the way that, that you phrased it too, it's like using these things to be able to like up, even upgrade yourself. Cause it's not like just coping, like you've taken it to another level where I'm, I'm wiser, I'm stronger. I have more clarity. I have a more defined purpose. So it's not, you know, it is beyond coping. It's like using the adversity to help mold you into a better version of yourself. Exactly. An upgraded version. Yes. That's your biggest competition, yourself, your yeah. upgrade to the next level. Right. And then, yeah, you're, what you're sharing is like, regardless of what you're going through, you could still use whatever circumstances you're in to, to your benefit, to your improvement and development. Exactly. It's a learning process. Yes. So lastly, as we're wrapping up, who is it that you would hope that your story of resilience touches? 
I hope this story of resilience touches the person that's broken right now. When I say broken, I mean you're broken to your core and you don't know which way to turn. And brokenness is different from sadness to brokenness. Is, there's nothing else that I feel like I could do humanly possible. And I need someone to help me pick up the pieces. For someone that's broken and just do, does not know, don't know where to start or anything, just starting from the ground level up and just building back who you know that you have the capability of being. Wow getting back to where who you are and where you need to be. It's very important because I've been broken. In order for me to be where I am now in purpose, I had to be broken down and built back up. Linda, thank you so much for sharing your story of resilience with us and all of the clear action steps we could take and very important nuggets that we can apply to so many different situations, not only dealing with grief. So thank you so much for your time. You are welcome. How can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you or just learn more about you? Okay, they can email me at Healing Transformations, that's H-E-A-L-I-N-G, Transformations with an S, LLC at gmail.com, or they can go to my website, www.healingtransformationsllc.com. I can be reached um, by any one of those avenues. Okay, thank you again so much for You're your welcome. time and sharing your wisdom and your heart with us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You. Thank you for having me. Anytime, I'll come back. <laughs> right. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.